0: I think that uh, as far as Japan is concerned, if Shinzo Abe has to uh, join the you know the, the four hundred meter relay to make up the numbers, he's gonna do it. Like his in his entire political career is has been staked on getting this thing to the finish line.
1: Hello and welcome to Deep Dive. From the Japan Times, I'm Oscar Boyd. The Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games are set to start on July 24th, in just four and a half months' time. It's an event that will bring millions of fans and tens of thousands of athletes and their support staff from around the world to Japan. Or that's how it's supposed to go. Now, with the global coronavirus outbreak, there's serious and growing concern that the Games will have to be cancelled or postponed. Joining me today to discuss the outlook for the Olympics is a full A team of Japan Times reporters. From the sports desk, we have Dan Oluwitz. Hey. And also Jason Koskry. Good morning. And from the news desk, reporter Yusuke Takashi. Hi. Thank you all very much for joining me today. There's obviously been a huge amount going on with coronavirus in Japan, but one of the things I'd like to start by talking about is sporting events and their current cancellations, because across Japan we have seen a number of major sporting events cancelled. So Dan, perhaps you could tell us, as the most recent guest on the podcast, we recorded one all about the J-League, and then about four days later, what happened?
0: That's right, we recorded the episode about the opening of the season, and then they managed to hold that opening round, and then a couple of days later, uh, the J-League was the first Japanese sports league to announce that it was going on break, uh, basically suspending games because of uh, COVID-19. NPB followed pretty soon after. And the NPB is the Nippon Professional Baseball League. So that's
1: Jason's territory. We saw what the playoffs, the preseason games being played without an audience. What's been going on there?
2: Well, yeah, after after the J-League decided to postpone theirs, MPB just said that they were going to start the season on time as normal. And what they were going to do initially was just play all the preseason games, the open-season games, without any fans in the stands, which was the first time it's ever happened for an official preseason game. They did it in 2011 after the earthquake and tsunami for practice games. And then on Monday, they've decided to push the season the start date of the season, which was supposed to start on the 20th, back. And they're just hoping now to start sometime in April.
1: And Risa, one of the events that you've been covering recently was the Tokyo Marathon. Um, And obviously there was pretty big news there.
2: Right. Well,
3: the same thing happened with the Tokyo Marathon uh, leading up to the marathon itself on March 1st. Uh, The foundation in charge of running the marathon announced that general participation would be banned. Last year, upwards of 38,000. People took part in the marathon, but this year it was reduced to just elite runners, including wheelchair runners
1: as well. So only about, I think, just over 130 athletes competed. And this is an important event like, regarding the Olympics as well, right? Because the Tokyo Marathon doubles up as a qualifying event for the Tokyo Olympics. Right. You say you've also been looking at the torch relay event because that's meant to start this month. Has that been affected by the coronavirus?
3: Right. the The Olympic torch relay, which starts on March 20, is technically the first official event that marks the beginning of the 2020 Games. The Olympic torch is slated to land in Fukushima Prefecture on March 20th, but the lighting ceremony of the Olympic flame in Greece is actually going to be held without spectators, and only 100 special guests from the IOC and the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee will be invited to that After that, the torch is going to land at Fukushima Prefecture on March 20th and travel through all Japanese prefectures on its way to Tokyo leading up to the opening ceremony in July.
1: And so far, that's going ahead as planned, or have there been any kind of changes around it?
3: It's unclear exactly what changes are going to be made, but the organizing committees have made announcements about scaling back spectators, uh, advising athletes to take cautionary measures, but so far, no concrete
1: measures have been announced. And Dan, Jason, have you two heard of other qualifying events around the world being affected by coronavirus?
0: Uh, the the women's soccer qualifiers in Asia were originally supposed to take place in uh, Wuhan, China, or one of the groups was, and then that was relocated to Australia. And uh, China actually made it out of the group, but of course they can't play in China, for the time being, and in fact, they had a couple uh, a couple of their more you know, their star players were unable to participate in in their group because they were
2: quarantined. Some of them are, I think, like for the marathon, they just ran it with only elite runners, so they were still able to finish their qualifying. Judo qualified a lot of people at international events. They took the rankings and how they did outside of Japan, so most of that team is already taken care of too wrestling they sort of they did a lot of um they did an event recently with just with no fans and so they were able to add people to their team so a lot but yeah in korea italy and some other places that's where it's really kind of fading.
1: well let's talk a bit about the potential scenarios for the Tokyo Olympics because I think there are about five as I see it at the moment the first would be cancellation the next postponement third maybe relocation Fourth, some version of an audience list Olympics which I think would be very very interesting and then fifth continuing as usual so let's go through those the big question I think is will it be cancelled
2: and and what's kind of been said around that so far People keep dancing around it so far. You know, I'm sure the, the IOC doesn't want to cancel it. Japan definitely doesn't want to cancel it. The athletes probably don't want to cancel it. So people keep hinting at it, that it's a possibility, but no one wants to really you know take that responsibility on of saying that it's going to be canceled.
0: It It's tough uh, for every, every stakeholder involved in the Olympics, and there's a lot of stakeholders, not just... Uh, Japan, and not just the IOC, but you have to think about the sponsors that have put in billions into this. The broadcasters, who have put in billions of dollars into securing the Olympic rights, uh, NBC has billions invested. I think NBC's NBC's stake in the broadcasting rights is about half of the total. <laughs> Oh God, is that patient Wow, we've got our our office patient zero out there. Um I don't know if you're gonna keep that in or not. Um please keep that in. <laughs> wow. Um you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. This that that this, that's the the sneeze that put the Japan Times on lockdown. Um I but you have to make all of them happy and you have to keep all of the sporting associations in line, I, I think that when fans who watch the Olympics just for the most part think about the Olympics, they don't really think about what Olympic qualifying means. And Olympic qualifying is a four year cycle that stretches over dozens of international events, and there's a calendar, and uh, all of that is planned with the um, assumption. That the Olympics are going to be held on time where they're supposed to be held. As soon as you start canceling that, uh, then that just throws everything into complete and utter chaos. Mm. And by and large, at the moment, the IOC, uh, the International Olympic
1: Committee, have been very on message and saying that it's going to go ahead as usual. But there is, uh, or there was, that comment from the legendary named Dick Pound. Uh, the oldest serving member on the Olympic International Olympic Committee. And he was saying, he was the first person to kind of mention that they would
2: have to see how it stood um, around April time. They probably made Dick Pound walk that back a little bit. Someone got in his ear. But even if he was just wildly speculating, you have to realize that he was a vice president of the IOC for a while. He headed up the world. I don't remember the actual name, WADA, the drug testing thing. So even if he's just throwing something out there, he does have like a lot of experience behind him to even form that wild opinion. So he he does know what he's talking about, whether or not they want that public or not.
0: Yeah, it's not like, it's not crazy to discuss the possibility of uh, canceling the Olympics. If the spread of the virus were to get really bad and continue into May and June, absolutely, it, it's reasonable to talk about canceling it. But where we're at right now, if you look at the number of cases and if if the experts are correct and it does sort of flame out after around three months or so after the initial uh, spread then we should be fine by july question mark obviously we're not no nobody in this room is a medical expert um a lot of the people who are coming up with these ideas are either not medical experts or sort of they don't know we don't know we won't know how it plays out until it plays out i
3: think the tricky thing about speculation
0: surrounding cancellation or postponement of
3: the olympics is Estimates about when the virus is going to peak vary depending on which expert you talk to. I mean, you mentioned this earlier about how the Olympics will invite people from all over the world, but each country with its separate epidemic um, is going to peak at a different time. Mainland China is going to peak first because that's where it began, Uh, spread to Japan pretty quickly after that. So, Japan is probably going to be second or third or fourth to peak, and then South Korea, Italy, Iran, and now it's spreading in the U.S. It's important to see when it peaks in Japan, but what's, I think, going to be more important in the long run in the context of the Olympics is when the last peak is going to happen abroad, because those people are are going to be the customers that come to watch the Olympics in Tokyo. <laughs>
1: Let's use that to move to the second scenario, which is postponement. The Olympics is set to start on July 24th and last to August 9th. And then the Paralympics is meant to follow that August 25th to September the 6th. And there has been some talk around
0: postponing it. Okay, let's, we can do sort of a round robin thing of of all the issues that would come if they decide to postpone the Olympics. Uh, Number one, what do you do with the Paralympics?
2: You'd have to, if you postpone the Olympics, the Paralympics, it's hard to see that it would be able to go on because if you postpone the Olympics by a couple of months, then you're just postponing the Paralympics by a couple of months, and now you're into, like, late fall or maybe even early winter. And then if you're talking about a communicable disease, Paralympians may have immune systems that are more, it's more. it may be more dangerous for them. I actually have, I have a zero idea about that, but you, you could be introducing a situation where it may be not as safe.
3: Yeah, and I mean, this was mentioned earlier as well, but the the time slot that the Olympics are in now was a very carefully picked time slot, especially with NBC. They're the biggest broadcast takeholder. Um, and at the moment, if the Olympics go as planned, the, that part of the year is sandwiched by just a slew of other sports. And that that time period was picked very intentionally by NBC which is why uh, the 2020 Games are being held in in
1: July, as opposed to October, which is when the 64 Tokyo Games were held. And which comes back to the, the other discussion that kind of predated coronavirus, which, which is why the Tokyo Olympics were being held at the height of summer when it's going to be 38 degrees outside, and why they've had to move the marathon up to Sapporo so that the athletes have some chance of actually completing it without sweating to death.
2: Well, there was already, there was already a fight between the JLC and NBC execs and the IOC about the time for swimming because NBC wanted it in the morning so that it'd be prime time in the States. And, of course, Japan, where swimming is pretty, really popular, wanted it in prime time for the Japanese audience, and they sided with NBC. And it's, it's probably for the, you know, the money,
1: Yeah, I didn't realise NBC had this kind of influence over the Olympics to the point where it becomes an issue when there's, you know, potentially a global health crisis that they can prevent it being postponed because it doesn't line up with their schedule. It's the the money.
2: Their current Olympic package, this is the last Games of that, and that was 4-point-something billion. And the next several that they've already snapped up the rights for is 7-something billion. So if you're throwing that kind of money around in the IOC like FIFA, like any other big organization, these dollar signs, and they're going to kind of bend when they can.
0: And you also, not just NBC, but other sports media, you know, their schedules and their budgets revolve around the Olympics. Uh, you don't want it happening, say, in the fall during the Premier League or you know, the group stage of the Champions League. NBC doesn't want the Olympics competing with... Uh, the NFL season we're having this discussion we haven't even started talking about the impact that postponement would have on Japanese sports you know let's say hypothetically the Olympics move to September where are you hosting the fall basho where what are you doing with all those J League games where the league has already been delayed a month what are you doing with uh, you know the climax I think they're getting rid of the climax series they're
2: considering it
0: but what do you do with the rest of the MPB season? There are clubs and teams out there that are already in a bit of a perilous financial situation because they're expecting gate revenue and income that they aren't getting because all these seasons are on hold. So moving to the Olympics would affect uh, those teams significantly.
2: It also the schedule, you know, like Dan was saying, of domestic events. But then, let's say... The Olympic basketball, the NBA players aren't going to play because they're going to be getting ready to start their season in October. And I don't know, maybe it's Premier League, maybe, although that's under 23 anyway, but even some of the young stars, they might not be playing because they're going to be playing with their teams. So, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. And also the athletes themselves. It's, you know, an, an Olympic athlete a lot of times has devoted their life to these games and you're talking about taking three and a half years of specialized training, eating, diet, this big regimen so that you peak in July to July to August, not September to October. It's better than canceling it, but still, you're talking about this huge effect on athletes who, not so much for basketball players and soccer players, who the Olympics is not the biggest thing for them, or golf or tennis, but swimmers and wrestlers, and this is their, their moment. mm I think the other question
1: for me that lies over postponement is that obviously we don't understand this disease that well, and there is talk of a double spike you know you have one spike in the kind of winter spring time and then a second one um in the autumn to winter time, and if you're postponing it to October or um, later, if it's the Paralympics as well, then you do have the problem that, you know, the, the virus might come back and come back with a vengeance. So I don't think postponing it necessarily guarantees that it's going to be any safer than it is now.
3: This is something I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about the peak. Most estimates put the peak in April or May. But the reality about a peak is that it's just the peak, and that just because the disease has peaked doesn't mean it disappears right away. It means that's when it starts to go down. So even if it peaks in May, it's still got a few months behind it before it really ramps down before the opening ceremony. And I think the main concern experts have now is that the opening ceremony, uh, the influx of millions upon millions of travelers to Japan coming to the country through lots of different transportation methods... And the the question now is whether that influx in travelers is going to reignite the
1: epidemic. We'll be back after this. Hey, it's Oscar. If you want to get the latest episodes of Deep Dive straight to your device, subscribe to us on whichever podcasting platform you're using, or better yet, join our brand new mailing list to get updates straight to your inbox whenever a new episode is released. Visit jtimes.jp slash deepdivesub to get started, and that link will be in the show notes. Cheers. Let's talk very briefly about another potential scenario, which is relocation, which, I mean, I don't see much support (laughs) behind this. And, um, you know, Dick Pound has come out and said that, you know, Pushing it to different venues isn't going to help at all. But Sean Bailey, who is a candidate for the 2020 London mayoral race, um, he came out and said that, you know, London was ready to set, step up and <laughs> if he became mayor, um, the city would be there and ready to host the Olympics. I think he was pretty quickly shot down by Governor Koike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, is is that an option at all? Is there any no. scenario? <laughs> no, 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 it's
0: not even worth discussing. Like, it's it, that's just you know that's just a cheap hack trying to to score mm-hmm. some easy headlines and it's no like if if it's at the point where you'd need to consider relocating the event you're just going to cancel it because the the logistics of relocating the olympics are such that it's just not worth it i'm sure that the ioc has one of the most expensive insurance policies in the world uh and they'd rather take the hit than try to move that amount of heaven and earth.
2: It's also dangerous too, because if you if you have to move it out of Japan because of this viral outbreak, even if you say okay, London's going to be 100% virus free, you're still bringing all these people in who are potential carriers, and you don't have time to take the proper safeguards to pre- prevent the virus from spreading in London or security or to move it. It have to go to some authoritarian regime or totalitarian state <laughs> totalitarian state where the government can just snap their fingers and do what they want and or a north korea olympics or a place 20, like Pyongyang china 2020, but you can't do it in china china would be perfect but they can't do
0: it well who was who tried to bid for uh didn't baku put in a bid for 2020 yeah You know, like, uh, Azerbaijan or Kazakhstan, you know, or Turkmenistan, where all the days of the week are named after, uh, their (laughs) their former ruler. Like, it's, these, I don't know if they have the facilities to host the Olympics, but I'm sure they've, they've tried. Uh, Obviously, for the 2003, the Women's World Cup, was it? They, they moved it from China to the US, but you can't really move things to the US right now. When they when they're talking about holding games behind closed doors and barring media from, you know, the locker rooms and barring fans and, and there there is no good option.
1: Well let's use that to pivot to what is potentially one of the most interesting scenarios, which I think is the idea of an audience less Olympics. Is there much weight behind this at all? You know, we've seen it with the sumo, it's going ahead this month and uh there's these amazing pictures coming out of them competing with
2: no one watching them. I mean, it could happen because if you if you assume that because of the money they put into it that NBC is the biggest stakeholder, NBC doesn't lose that much from an Olympics without an audience because they're still going to broadcast the games. People are still going to watch the games. Maybe more people will watch them, A, out of the curiosity of seeing it without an audience and B, because they're Just not traveling to Japan, exactly. <laughs> if you, if you still hold it in july and so yeah it, i don't really see the the advertisers would probably still be fairly maybe not totally happy but appeased
0: i mean that this is sort of peak capitalism here but for example the uh J- japan's 2022 world cup bid featured the idea of virtual stadiums uh with, where they'd set up sort of Fan zones across the world where you you could go to a stadium and then like a 3D hologram of the game would be projected onto the field and you could watch. Go the other way around. I'm just saying I'm sure that Panasonic or someone (laughs) has uh, virtual virtual crowds. You know, you can do that for TV. It wouldn't, I mean, I'm not advocating for that, but like someone's got to be thinking it. I don't know. I feel like the biggest loser in that scenario would be Japan because mm. the country would be losing uh, all of the tourism revenue and the prestige and the the positive reputation that comes with so many fans coming and enjoying their time in Japan and going back and telling their friends like what we saw with the Rugby World Cup last year. Mm.
1: Well, the Rugby World Cup, I, I imagine, is now just looking like a complete golden period in Japan's recent sporting mm-hmm. History. I mean, they did have the typhoon, but other than that, it kind of went off at a very nice time of the year
0: without any major hitches whatsoever. And even despite the typhoon, uh, everyone had a good time. I talked to lots of fans who were there for the, the Scotland-Japan game uh, the the day after the typhoon, and they were all, you know, the, the, their hotels and their tour groups were worked with them well, and they all... I didn't talk to any visiting fan who had like a truly bad experience at the rugby world cup and that probably mostly would have been true for the olympics if you don't have that that's a huge hit for japan for the economy um and something that would potentially uh have an impact on japan's future big event sporting bids uh the host of the women's world cup in 2023 is set to be announced in june Right now, Japan is one of four finalists. Two or three months ago, I would have sworn up and down that Japan were the prohibitive favourites over uh, Brazil, Colombia, and the Australia-New Zealand bid. Now,
1: I don't know. Could we see a version of it where, you know, even the athletes' attendance is limited because they've come from a particular hotspot or um, they're
2: getting rigorously tested before coming over here? Cynically saying, I think it depends on the country. Because if you if you look back at the '80s, what 65 countries boycotted Moscow, 14 boycotted Los Angeles, but that was a, that was a different time, and there wasn't as much money being thrown around or media sponsorship rights. I think if, like Rio was saying, if like it's bad in America to the point where they say we 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 don't feel safe about sending our athletes, we're not going to participate. I don't think they would go on without the U.S. the way they did in 1980 or maybe even China because China has a lot of economic pull as well. If they say, you know, we can't send any athletes to these games, then I still, it's hard to see them going on without those countries. If it's some smaller country, then I think they'd probably do it.
3: I guess my take is that these prevention measures we've been talking about, about scaling back spectator attendance and testing incoming athletes from abroad, those seem inevitable to me. Those seem like the first sort of surface level steps that the IOC might take leading up to it. Mm. Even with the torch relay, uh, talk of testing people, uh, not just spectators, but the people running in the, the relay itself and scaling back spectator attendance is being used in these preliminary events leading up to the opening ceremony.
1: Who would be most affected if the Games were to be cancelled or postponed? Where, where would the biggest impact lie?
3: Depends on the kind of impact you're referring to. There's economic impact, there's cultural impact, there's diplomatic impact. Um, I mean, the Olympics is a, an all-encompassing event. It's worldwide. It's one of the biggest events that ever happens. Like we've already talked about, there are huge stakeholders in the olympic and paralympic games not just the tokyo organizing committee or the japan organizing committee or even the international organizing committee but sponsors athletes companies around the world
2: yeah i think the fiduciary losses would be really high except the ioc is insured against like the cancellation of the olympics um and they're also they're not entirely insured against nbc saying we want our money back but the way NBC would have to go about it it doesn't seem feasible that NBC would try to recoup any costs and NBC also they they lose that the money from that they've already spent on getting the Tokyo Olympics but i guess in the grand scheme of things it wouldn't be a huge huge hit for NBC they'd be taking a hit but i think to me the biggest loss would be athletes just because of how much they put into it
0: i think that if it were to be canceled i mean you can't blame Japan for canceling it because obviously it's a global crisis, but people are going to remember that it was the Tokyo Olympics that were canceled and therefore the association will be there, and that that's a huge problem. I sort of wonder if the IOC would say, well, we're canceling uh, it, but we'll give it to Tokyo in 2032. And we'll give you know, the Winter Olympics to Sapporo as a consolation-type thing. I mean, that, that is an option. It's not really a great one for Japan, uh, but it will leave a lot of people in the lurch in terms of all of the investment that has been put into improving the tourism infrastructure. This was supposed to be the watershed event uh, that was going to prove that all of the infrastructure improvements have been worth it. Ultimately, who makes the call on this kind of thing?
3: Well, the IOC, in sort of a classic subliminal way, implies that it has sole authority to make the decision as to whether to go forward with or cancel the Olympic Games. But I think it's worth mentioning that the Olympic Games have only been cancelled due to war in the past, and if the 2020 Games were cancelled,
1: Japan would be making history. For multiple reasons, because it's also... One of the Olympics that was cancelled for the war was the Tokyo 1940 Olympics.
3: Right. And like I said, the IOC kind of touts the authority over making the decision whether to cancel the Olympics. But in 1940, it was the emperor's advisor who announced that Japan would forfeit itself from hosting the Olympics. And so even though the IOC might have decision-making authority over cancelling the Olympics, based on precedent, countries can forfeit.
0: I think that, uh, as far as Japan is concerned, if, if Shinzo Abe has to uh, join the you know the 400- meter relay <laughs> to make up the numbers, <laughs> he's going to do it. Like his, in, his entire political career is, has been staked on getting this thing to the finish line. And, you know, from from when he popped up in the Mario costume in Rio to now, he cannot afford it. Just imagine the loss of confidence in the government if they were, after having touted the Olympics for so long, if they weren't able to get this done. Mm. It would be incredible.
3: Yeah, and Tokyo's gubernatorial elections are just weeks before the opening ceremony. So Tokyo Governor Yuriko Koike cannot afford it
2: either. But the IOC... I believe I think I believe there's a clause like termination clause 66 or something or other bringing see, out the clauses. They they do have sort of a broad range of reasons that they could cancel it and um like say health and safety is one of them so it could you know if the if like the World Health Organization does end up saying that it's a pandemic and then there's pressure on the IOC the IOC is going to take care of itself before they take care of You know, Abe Shinzo. I think they have to give Tokyo 60 days' notice if they were to do that. So it's sort of up in the air. It's an interesting battle to see, especially if it were to kind of leak out in public, because I don't think Japan would win the PR war there if the IOC is saying we want to cancel it or postpone it for safety reasons, and then Tokyo comes off as fighting that. Although I don't think Tokyo would fight a postponement, but I'm pretty sure they would fight a cancellation.
1: I'm going to ask you to all do a little bit of speculation here. Bearing in mind the fact that Japan is currently cancelling sporting events, countries around the world such as Italy are banning uh, or postponing sporting events Do you guys think that the Olympics will continue?
2: If the Olympics happened next week, no If the Olympics happen next month, no because you can't ban, like you said, you can't ban um, sporting events or stop people from coming to sporting events and then decide to bring millions of people and let them all descend on one place. And especially somewhere like the opening ceremony, we're just going to have this huge concentration of people, you know, all in close quarters. And even in the best of times, the Athletes Village is like a really good breeding ground for communicable diseases, even if you're just talking about a cold. And so if if nothing changes, then it's hard to see Japan is still having it, but if it does get better and countries are able to get it under control, both inside and outside Japan, then I think it could still go on because so I think Japan's going to fight tooth and nail to either have it or postpone it.
0: I agree with Jason. I, th- I think that if it was next week, no. If it was next month, no. But I think by July, I'm fairly confident that we'll be able to to get this thing to the finish line, I I think it'll happen.
3: This isn't a satisfying answer, but it all depends on what happens next. Speculation is that the virus is going to continue to spread. Uh, In what shape and at what pace depends on how well the Japanese government contains it. And so far, efforts to contain COVID-19 have fallen short in almost every respect in Japan. If it were to happen, I don't think postponement or cancellation of the Olympics is going to be a sudden announcement. I think it's going to be in the very late stages of a long sort of PR battle between all the stakeholders, whether it's the IOC trying to act on advice from the WHO and sort of put forward an image of responsibility of caring about people's health, Japan, trying to protect its legacy as a host city and also rescue its economy which is already sort of limping along at the moment. So I think if anything big is going to happen it's going to happen in stages and there's going to be a domino effect where it starts with small countermeasures like reduced attendance uh, testing athletes cancellation of qualifying events and that's going to escalate as the The coronavirus potentially gets worse. And then at the very end of that rope, one party is going to give.
1: This morning, the news agency Reuters reported increasing concern among sponsors of the Games, who are growing nervous about how the coronavirus outbreak will impact the tournament. Following a meeting between the Tokyo Olympic Committee and partner companies, an anonymous member briefed on the meeting said, Nothing has been decided. On the inside, it's a mess. In a separate article by the Wall Street Journal, Tokyo Olympic Committee Executive Board Member Haruyuki Takahashi said that if the Olympics can't be held in Tokyo this summer due to the coronavirus, a delay of one or two years would be the most realistic option. You've been listening to Deep Dive with me, Oscar Boyd. Our guests this week were Ryuso Takahashi, Jason Koskri and Dan Orlowitz. My thanks to the three of them. If you're wanting more news on the spread of coronavirus in Japan, visit the Japan Times COVID-19 updates page. A link will be in the episode notes. And if you like the show, do give us a review on whichever podcasting platform you're using. You can contact us directly at at japantimes.co.jp or follow us on Twitter at JapanDeepDive. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Otsukaru-sama.